Hello and welcome to Weathersnap. It's Friday, the 5th of May. I'm Claire Nazir. And tomorrow, here in the UK, King Charles III is crowned. And I'm Alex Deakin, and we'll be giving you the latest forecast for those who are gathering on the streets of London for the coronation, or indeed anywhere else across the UK just enjoying a bank holiday. Oh, there's going to be a lot of parties out there. My street are having a party on Sunday, actually, which I'm sort of looking forward to. I don't know whether we'll get caught by those heavy showers. More about that in a moment. And are you volunteering to wash up on Monday then? It's it's volunteers day. Possibly. Yes, possibly. I will be. Yes. Um, OK, so more about that in a moment. The all important bank holiday forecast, whether you're out and about or just enjoying an extra day off. A lot of people be working as well. But yeah, don't get caught short with those showers. More about that from Alex in a moment. Right. Yes. First of all, there's been a big buzz around the satellite community. Our head of content was excited about the satellite launch this morning and he doesn't get excited about weather things very easily. So it was a, it was a really big thing. Uh, remember a few months ago, we spoke to Thomas Blackmore about the launch of the new UMETSAT Meteosat third generation Imager 1, open brackets, MTGI1, close brackets. We all remember that, right? Well, the first image has been published and woo, she's a beauty. Oh, my goodness. I mean, who better to talk about this than our very own Met Office satellite expert? I love talking to Thomas because he has got he just oozes the passion of satellite imagery. And I spoke to him earlier. Thomas, we spoke to you a few months ago with the launch of this new satellite. Tell me, first of all, why it's so special. It's exciting and new because it is the first time we've had this next generation geostationary capability over uh, the Europe region. Europe and Africa is covered by the satellite. and We have much higher resolution imagery than we've had from previous satellites, uh, which can really improve our weather forecasting capability and situational awareness. Tell me about the Met Office contribution. How have we been collaborating and partnering with this project? We're a member of UMETSAT, which is the satellite agency in Europe, which has launched these satellites and is operating them. Uh, we've been involved from the very early planning stages. Uh, we've also been involved in providing a lot of user feedback on what we as a national meteorological service want to see from this satellite data, uh, which has helped to mould how they've developed it and how they developed the instrument in the first place. Now that the satellite's in space, we're going to be early beta testers of the data. So we're going to get quite an early sight of the data. We're going to be able to run it through our processing systems, produce imagery, uh, have a look at that and provide feedback to UMETSAT. How often will you be getting data from this satellite? We're going to be getting images every 10 minutes, which is an improvement over what we've had previously and the images at much higher resolution than we've had before. So we'll be able to see so much more fine detail in, in the weather features. And what type of thing will we be seeing this time that we didn't see before or data that's coming through? Well, having looked at the, the first image that was released today, you can really see so much fine detail. So mountain lee waves really show up, which if you look at the previous generation imagery, which we have currently, it's just more of a cloudy smudge. But you can really see the fine detail of these turbulent airflows uh, behind mountains. You can see the convective clouds in a lot more detail. So we'll get a lot more detail about the, the really severe convection, uh, the overshooting tops that can pose a hazard to aviation. How did it feel when you saw the first image just come through? Because obviously you've been aligned with this project for a long time now. Yes, I have. It was very exciting. Uh, there was a lot of anticipation and um, the image was first shown to us by uh, 
you met Sat uh, on, uh, must, they must have been running on a fairly slow laptop. So it very slowly loaded down the page. And so it was, it, the anticipation was even greater then. The image they showed was a true color image. So it, it looked like what we'd see if we were in space looking down at the earth. So really kind of blue oceans, the greens and browns over, over Africa really stood out. Um, and then these, as I mentioned, these fine details in the clouds and you can zoom in and, and see this fine detail. And yeah, we're, we're seeing it at so much higher resolution than I've been used to seeing before uh, that it was really quite exciting. So thank you to Thomas. And in fact, there's some amazing imagery of those first satellite pictures on the website. So check out the website. That's eumetsat.int. So yes, really good imagery there. And it's just fantastic. And, you know, it takes me back to when I first started at Met School, Alex, many years ago now. And satellite imagery was something where, yes, you saw it on the TV, saw it on the BBC Weather. But then when you understood the what it was showing you, what the clouds were actually showing you in terms of how the weather was evolving, it felt very empowering to have that knowledge at your fingertips. Yeah, to have an eye in the sky, absolute game changer, wasn't it? But I, I you know, speak to forecasters throughout my time who remember the days they used to get like a fax of a satellite image. It used to take forever to come through on a fax machine using all the ink because it was just all black and white with a lot of black and shading. But yeah. To see the development, see this latest image today, it's how crystal clear it is compared to the old image. Just incredible, the development. It's incredible. So as Thomas was saying, every 10 minutes it sends out an image and an image of a huge area of the world, including Africa, which is so important. It's vital, isn't it? Yeah, such a generally has been quite a, a data sparse area. And, you know, that view, that view from space, just completely flipping it around. We obviously... Most people experience the weather from the ground up, but actually to be able to see it and the expanse and the size and actually be able to see where the system's moving in. It's not just important for current weather forecasts, although it will improve dramatically you now that the now casting, those short term forecasting of, of severe weather events. But it's also really important for, for climate and, and for analysing the weather and our changing climate as well over longer periods. Now, we've been looking ahead to the King's coronation uh, using our own state-of-the-art model output, satellite imagery. But yet, this pressure's still on, Alex, isn't it? I mean, we've been sort of delivering these forecasts all week as millions gather outside on Saturday and trying to give the, the best information. And it's been a tricky one, hasn't it? I mean, it was always going to be, wasn't it? I mean, bank holidays are notoriously tricky to, to pin down the detail. Three days of weather across the UK. But this one has been particularly tricky. Even you know, last weekend, which was also a bank holiday, we were trying to look forward and it always looked like it was going to be a little bit of a dodgy one and difficult to nail down. On Tuesday, I did the deep dive on YouTube. And we focused on that and the little feature coming out of North America that's responsible for the rain uh, coming in on Saturday and how that was questioning the timing of that. We've firmed up a little bit over the past couple of days and now it does look as if some rain's coming in. But yet, compared to the, the pressure from the public back in 1953 when Queen Elizabeth was crowned, absolutely, you know, we've got so much more information available now than they had back then. It wasn't really until 1959, so six years later that uh, we had our first proper computer, the Ferranti Mercury computer, also known as Meteor. That was when it was installed in Dunstable 1959. That was the first computer dedicated to NWP research. And as for satellites, been talking about that a lot. The first one launched in 1960. I've been looking at the images from that today in comparison to those uh, new fresh ones we've got 
uh, from UMETSAT. And it's just, you know, a completely different world. But it was 1960 when that first satellite was launched. So in, in 53, what did they have? They had observations, you know, actually telling us what the weather was doing at the moment, but only really from the ground up and uh, drawing of synoptic charts but like they had during during the war uh, and just extrapolating using the laws of thermodynamics. It's just a, a different world and really hard to, to put any kind of detail on the forecast. So the coronation was on the 2nd of June 1953. So a month more, month into the summer relative to this one, and yeah, I wouldn't have wanted to be a forecaster leading up to Ooh. this. The forecast and actually the actual weather was pretty horrible. It was a mostly cloudy day, rain or showers, a gentle northwest breeze. So the low pressure system was sitting towards the North Sea and the air was just coming in from a cold direction. So the maximum temperatures were well below average for early June. And the max temp in Kew Gardens was 188 degrees my goodness that's parking um and amount of rainfall yes around 2.6 millimeters so it was damp it was cloudy not a lot of sunshine around coming back to the here and now alex how is it panning out for saturday well i mean you talk about history repeating yes some areas will be drier and brighter than others let's first say it, it's going to be warmer than that i mean 11.8 celsius maximum temperature in london that's around 10 degrees below the June average. That is a really chilly day. That is pretty grim, isn't it? I think Queen Elizabeth is pretty unlucky. Uh, as for King Charles, well, there is likely to be some rain around, but it should be at least a little bit milder. We've got low pressure coming in, but it's coming in from the southwest. So it is bringing uh, milder or mildish air with it. Uh, but it is also bringing moisture. It's bringing cloud and rain. There's been some wavering on the exact timing of the rain coming in. And it's still not completely nailed on what time the rain will arrive in the London area. But certainly the southwest of England, South Wales looking soggy on Saturday morning. And that rain then spreads across the Midlands, all of Wales and into the southeast come the afternoon. So it's likely that the afternoon in London is going to be dull and damp. The rain, though, probably not reaching much of northern England, northern Ireland until late in the day. So here, brighter, sunny spells, just a few showers and much of Scotland also uh, dry and bright. There will be a few scattered showers around and it could be a bit murky again on the east coast. But definitely north, drier and brighter than the south on Saturday. Temperatures mid-teens. So as I said, a lot warmer than it was for the last coronation, but nothing spectacular. Obviously, this time of year, do get a bit of sunshine and it will feel quite pleasant. Um, Sunday, that's the day when most of the street parties are taking place, I believe. There's one in my village. Um, that looks a better day in the west. So where I am in the southwest, hopeful that it'll be reasonably dry and bright. Wales, too, looking brighter. Northern Ireland, also generally OK. Some heavy showers again on Sunday, particularly in the east. So again, for London, I think the big concerts at Windsor, is it, on Sunday? Yeah. Uh, chance of showers, certainly uh, there. And Scotland, again, some scattered showers, particularly in the southeast. And then Monday, another weather system coming in from the Atlantic, Volunteer Day. That's when you're volunteering, Claire, right? Yeah. Uh, and a weather system coming in from the Atlantic. So that's going to bring more rain. Again, some uncertainty about the timing of that. So if you've got plans for Monday, have a plan B for rain and just keep up to date with the forecast. Before we go, let's find out what happened last week in terms of temperature, rain and sunshine. Here's Ollie Claydon. Here are your UK weather extremes for the week beginning Monday the 24th of April. The warmest place was Persia College in Hereford and Worcester, which enjoyed a balmy 20.2 Celsius on Saturday the 29th. 
Tullock Bridge in Inverness and Loch Lescarnock in Ross and Cromarty were the coldest places, both experienced a low temperature of minus 7.4 Celsius. The wettest places were St Mary's Airport on the Isles of Scilly and parts of County Antrim which saw 31.4 millimetres of rainfall. The sunniest daily conditions occurred in East Malling in Kent where 16.3 hours of sunshine were recorded. Ollie, thank you very much. Wherever you are, have a brilliant bank holiday weekend. Enjoy the sunshine if you do catch some. Watch out, though, if you are travelling through the next few days. There will be some quite hefty showers around uh, causing problems, and there will be a lot of people travelling north, south, east and west, so watch out for that, the risk of thunder there. So, yeah, take care, have a brilliant weekend, and we'll catch up next week. Weathersnap is a podcast by the UK Met Office. For the latest weather conditions where you are, download the Met Office weather app.